This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Night Racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, football's right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cast prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
Hello and welcome into the Starcastic Mark Studios. Along with Christian Chambers, I am Ryan. And dude, it's hockey month. It is officially hockey month. Not hockey season month, but we still get preseason games and stuff like that. But hockey is coming back very, very soon. Super excited about that. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Howdy. I'm doing lovely. School started back up. We, we had howdy week. So that was great. Uh, so what, ex- explain to people what howdy week is for those non so howdy week is the week before school. Uh, for some reason, AM decided to be a great idea to bring all the students in a week early and no illegal stuff ever happens during howdy week. <laughs> oh, great words from Christian Chambers. Thank you, Chris. All right. You're welcome. Um, we have got uh, not a ton to talk about. All right. But uh, it's it, it's going to start ramping up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I feel like a lot of podcasts are kind of talking about the same sort of things. Uh, and uh, obviously, we're going to talk about some of the big news. One of them is absolutely hilarious. Uh, you, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about, uh, for those of you that are listening. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Some people are saying that it's the trashy, trashiest organization ever. I don't care. This, we need more of this, <laughs> especially in the offseason. So... Uh, we'll go through we'll go through that whole situation. Uh, we'll look at some New York Islander stuff as well. Um, we'll take a look at the San Jose situation a little bit as well. There's some uh, news still coming out with Evander Kane, um, and then we're going to talk about uh, the, the main topic tonight. Stars related is out of the young kids that are in the Stars organization right now, which ones are most likely to make the Stars opening night roster? So we'll we'll kind of put our thoughts to that. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about Rope Hints, kind of, you know, how good can he be this season? There's some that are saying that he's an elite level talent. He can be that, you know, 70, 80, 90 point person. Who knows? Uh, uh, what does his ceiling look like? We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, from the article from Mike Kaika. And then uh, we'll finish up the evening with our typical who cares. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. All right. But uh, anyways, Chris, how's life going for you before we get involved in all of this hockey stuff it's going great that was an incredible rundown ryan just want to say well done i yeah, appreciate no, I'm getting, you i'm getting better at this sort of stuff right yeah yeah absolutely um but what you're drinking is nasty i'm sad that you don't have dr pepper oh well i drink no i'm not joking i think i drank about four dr peppers today okay never mind that's great <laughs> that's exactly what i'm drinking this thing uh, I, it's but for those of you on the podcast side just listening i'm drinking a propel they're amazing if you've never heard of them it's it's basically gatorade's version of a water and i don't know what they put in it it's probably it, it's going to come out in a couple years oh. and be like you know propel causes cancer or something like that but everything i love it. It, it it tastes so good and specifically this one is the black cherry one uh, it's like the red label and then they've got like kiwi strawberry and grape and mango and orange raspberry. Oh, they're all good. Every single one of them is good. So anyways, uh, get off the propelled topic. Um, yeah, this yeah. Is new, new sponsor so, alert. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Or Dr. Pepper, I guess, in a way. I, I drank way too much Dr. Pepper. Okay. Anyways, let's get to the news of the week. Okay. Um, let's start with the, the lesser news that just came out today, and then we'll get into the, the really cringeworthy stuff that I like. So, uh, the Islanders finally signed all the guys that we've been talking about for, for weeks and weeks and weeks now with uh, uh, all, all these other podcasts. Um, and it, I don't know why it, they decided to announce it 
all at the same time. Maybe they all got signed at the same time. I, I don't Maybe know. They were just all on vacation and they were like, yeah, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and obviously, Lou Lamarillo, the uh, GM of the New York Islanders, kind of works on his own time compared to other GMs of the NHL. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, they've signed four players, uh, all from the team last year. Uh, Anthony Bavillier, he's kind of a top six forward for them. He signed for three years. For four point one four point one five million per season, so that's not a bad price tag for a top six forward. Um, Casey Sezikis. There's a lot of discussion about around this one because he signed for six years, and he's a bottom six forward. And yeah, he's a bottom six forward, but the thing is, is that he is a uh, he, he's a he's basically what the Islanders are all about. He yeah. he is the he is the new york islanders he's that's exactly what i was about to say that's their identity is that their bottom six are really good and they're really great two-way players so the signing like that totally makes sense to have him secured for six years it just secures kind of like the foundation of your bottom six and if that's what your team's going to be all about go for it i like that signing now i love love it too i think it's a good deal for the way their team plays and the, my only thing about, and I'm kind of piggybacking on some of the some of the commentators I heard on NHL Network Radio on uh, SiriusXM today, but they were just surprised at the the length of it because this guy is 30 years old. You know, you don't normally see 30 uh, year old signing six year contracts, and I know that the 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 cap hits only at 2.5, and I mean that's a great cap hit for Casey Sezikis. I mean that's you know, that's a pro- about average for a really good bottom six forward. Um, but the, the, the years is just, that's a long time. Uh, I mean, it, it typically well, as someone who roots for the Dallas stars, who just signed Ryan Suter until he's like 50 years old. I, I think <laughs> we can't I really think say anything. Just fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I, I, I like the signing. Obviously I love Casey Zizekas. He's one of my, uh, He's one of those underrated players that doesn't get really talked about very much uh, just because of the role he plays. You know, everyone, oh, Connor McDavid and uh, Artemi Panarin and Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin. But then these guys kind of get looked over. Uh, you know, the, the Foxes of the world, the Dickinsons, the Casey Sezikis's. Um, and he's just a really good pickup. It's Sezikai. Sezikai? Is that how you're going to say it? No, that is how you say it. So There's be, no way that's, be, that's be how you polite. say it. Thank you. There's no way. Not a chance, not a chance. Okay, anyways, they also uh, shore up their goaltending with the uh, the signing of their rookie, uh, Sorokin. He signed for three years at about $4 million. So that's that's pretty good for, you know, it, I would basically consider him the backup to Varlamov, right? I mean, Varlamov is the better of the two goaltenders. Yeah. But what's awesome about uh, those two guys is that if one is really struggling, they can throw the other in the net and be perfectly fine the way that the Islanders play. So, I mean, they, they're just like the stars. They roll four lines consistently and probably more consistently than the stars do. So, uh, and that, that's a good NHL, sign. For you have to have two goalies that can fully start pretty much. Like, so it's definitely a good, I mean, it's, ex- it's an expensive backup. $4 million is not cheap, but. Right, you need it in today's NHL. We've seen that with all the past teams that have won championships. They've all had great backups. Uh, not I always, without except Tampa, maybe. <laughs> well, well, and Vasilevsky is just a freaking beast. It's it's not even fair. I mean, he goes. I think he played every single playoff game 
every single one the past two seasons. The past two, yeah. And, and, and like, especially that. last year, you know, with all the back-to-backs that they were doing in the bubble and stuff like that to get the yeah. playoffs done. That's stupid. That's that's stupid. That's insane. But He's cheating. And, what a cheater. And then, so that, that was a good signing anyway with uh, Sorokin. Sorokin... He kind of bloomed a little late. I think he's 25 or 26 as a rookie last year. But, you know, goaltenders kind of ripen a little later than, than most players do. So Yeah, that's not abnormal. Yeah, that's not abnormal at all to see. Um, and then they uh, re-signed uh, Cal Paul Mary, who they got in from the trade deadline from the New Jersey Devils uh, last season. And uh, it, it's a good length. It, it's, it's a four-year length. But the cap hit, I think, is a little high for Cal Paul Mary. And uh, it's at five million dollars. Uh, yeah, the thoughts about that? You're paying a little more to get the term that you want. Honestly, I mean, four years is kind of like a sweet spot for a guy like that with the age that he that he is. So you're gonna pay for him not having as much job security as he might like. So I think it makes sense for both sides. It's not the other three. I think are really team friendly deals, and this one isn't as much. But I, I think I think that the first three are very team friendly uh cap wise yeah. uh lengthwise for Sezikis, that's uh, i don't know if i would have given him six years I, but i i can understand yeah. why they gave it to him i i because i mean he is the new york islanders he is like a staple of yeah. that team i wouldn't be surprised if that was offered to him from the team like he didn't even ask for that like that was what was offered i wouldn't be surprised at all right so, and, and you know what that maybe that maybe that was it I mean, Lou Lamarillo does does things differently than most GMs do, and you know he's 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 had championship teams basically anywhere he's gone. Three years in a row now for yeah. the Islanders. Yeah, and uh, and it's and what's funny about the Islanders is that they don't really have like a bona fide superstar, right? They're just a really really good hardworking team. Sounds like the Stars. Yeah, and, and I mean maybe in. Maybe that's the difference of what might put us over the edge rather than the Islanders. I don't I don't know. But, uh, I mean, when you think of, like, the best forwards for the Islanders, you think of, like, Matthew Barzell. That's the, the yeah, first name that comes to even... mind. And, I mean, he's really good. Don't get me wrong. He's a probably could be a 30-goal scorer most seasons. Uh, you know, maybe 60, 70 points. Pencil him in for that. Uh, he's but no he, Matthews, though. Right, exactly. He's not a Matthews. He's not a Marner. He's not a, uh, uh, I don't know, a Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby still scores points like crazy, even at his age. Malkin. I mean, players like that. He's not like a superstar, but he's still a good player, and he leads a lot of the offense for the New York Islanders. Yeah, but but you kind of hinted at at maybe the Stars can get some of that, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I got got some hot takes for y'all later on, so... Keep listening. All right, move, moving right along, Ryan, before I get ahead of myself. Right. Okay. So as we bring in, Dad's a little late, but welcome to the podcast, oh, Padre. Father. He's That's a little cool. late, but it's okay. Why it's can't I okay. see you? You can't see me? I can see him. Oh, well, no. I can see you, That's too. That's a you problem. Yeah, Good. that's a you problem. All right. I can handle that. All right. Well, you you missed the first part of it, but it's all right. Anyways, you don't want to see him anyway. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I feel so odd out now. Y'all are both wearing your Starcastic Remarks shirts, and I'm not. I'm wearing my reverse retro. That's right. I think yours <laughs> is a little bit nicer. Unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I mean, this thing is. I mean, this thing, <laughs> this thing is huge on me because the only size they had available was a 50, but I really wanted a Tyler Sagan jersey. So I, so it's <laughs> enormous on me a little bit, but I don't care. It's it's super cool. It looks way better. 
in person than on camera. Okay. Anyways, uh, welcome Padre to the podcast. Um, Thank you. Uh, next thing that we uh, wanted to talk about, and this is the epic trolling that I, <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, Kotkaniemi of the Montreal Canadiens signs an offer sheet with the Carolina Hurricanes, and just the the, the pettiness <laughs> around all of this is absolutely fantastic. Um, yes, it was amazing. Okay, so just to give you an idea of you know all, all the the numbers in in this offer sheet. Okay, so the offer sheet is for way more than Kotkaniemi is worth. All right, so it's no. six point six point one million is w- is it's way more. It's more, but you're you're stealing a guy, so you're gonna have to pay more. It, that and that's the point. That's exactly the point. I was gonna mention that though. Oh, there's Binks. Hi, Binks. Um, but. At the end of the at the end of the deal, it's actually six point one million and fifteen dollars. Okay. And this fifteen million dollars could possibly be in reference to the fact that Sebastian Ajo was, you know, might have been signed. 20, huh? Twenty dollars. Twenty. Twenty dollars. So sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm getting the numbers mixed up, but let me I'll get my facts right here in just a second let one of y'all talk but the the 20 dollars signing bonus okay mm-hmm. when i saw that i was just like what the what, what does that have to do with anything and then i think it was uh puck uh puck media friendly or something on twitter and i saw it and i'm like oh my goodness okay so yeah so sebastian Ajo wears number 20 uh-huh. he wears number 20 yeah and and you know some people who don't who might not understand the the backstory behind this. Okay, a couple years ago, the Montreal Canadiens tried to poach Sebastian Ajo from the Carolina Hurricanes, and they sent the offer sheet the exact same way. The exact same the way. Carolina Hurricanes. Right. To 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 yeah, they tried to poach Ajo from them, and Carolina didn't even hesitate once. Not once. And they they immediately matched it, and it, everything was fine and dandy. And then twice, this comes. I think, I think they did two offer sheets. On really? Um, That's uh, what maybe. I remember. Maybe, but uh, either way, they 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 retained his services. So Sebastian Ajo stayed with the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, Carolina decided to do this, and then just Twitter went ballistic. Uh, it some people saying that the Carolina Hurricanes this is a trash organization because they did this and. You know, even though they're trying to get a player for real, because obviously they're not going to give somebody six point one million dollars. Yeah. But the fact that they added all of these little, you know, hints to and you know, kind of picking fun at the Montreal Canadiens that, that they're a trash organization. Uh, and it's thoughts? so on brand. It's so on brand. It's amazing for the bunch of jerks to to, to do a twenty dollars signing bonus. That is amazing. It makes me so happy. And that's why the Carolina Hurricanes are my Eastern Conference team because they are they are beautiful souls who deserve to be protected at all costs. Right, in Carolina, and we need more of stuff like this in hockey. This makes it, this makes it so much more interesting in the off season when we have stuff like this. It's hilarious. I mean, I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> Dad, what do you think? I appreciate your explaining this to me because I did not know this. So the background that you gave was very helpful for me. Oh, it's it's a complete troll job. It's Absolutely a complete it's troll amazing. job. I love it. Oh, it's that's, amazing. That's fun. Oh, and then not only did they go in like, you know, 
tweet little hints and kind of, you know, make everybody realize, no, they really did this on purpose. But if you go and look at their Twitter profile, right? Okay. So when you go and look at their Twitter profile, if you look at their, their, uh, their, we're hearing some extra background, Ryan, I apologize. It's okay. Uh, if, if you go and look at the, the tagline and the, like right underneath their name, they've put the official club, uh, the official, you know, Carolina Hurricanes club or whatever, but they put it in French. <laughs> and then they took the original post of them talking about, you know, signing Kotkaniemi to an offer sheet and also put that in French. So that they could make sure that the people of Montreal knew, everybody in Montreal knew. They were just being nice. It's I mean, the translate feature on Twitter doesn't always work, you know. So Right. I, I just, just being kind people is what it is. I just cannot believe that that they did that. It's absolutely hilarious. And I just want to see more of that. And for for the Carolina Hurricanes social media team, whoever runs that that account, is and always will be the greatest greatest social media manager in the history of forever. That just all the facts that they do, and they're constantly trolling everybody, and they've always got great content that they that they put up. So, uh, it, hopefully, the the new stars uh, social media manager Courtney uh, will be something like that. And I've I've enjoyed the stuff she's put on uh, so far for the stars uh, content. So, anyways. Um, to to get uh, let's get past the trolling stuff a little bit. So, if uh, the way that offer sheets work is that if a player is in a restricted free agent, all right, they can sign an offer sheet with a team. That does not automatically mean that they go toward to that team. Okay, they still belong as property of their former club. So in this case, Kotkaniemi is still property of Montreal Canadian of uh, the Canadians. All right, but if he signs the sheet that he if uh, the Montreal Canadiens accept the sheet as it is. That means that he would then become property of the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, what Carolina has to give in return, in retribution, for signing Kotkaniemi is a first-round pick and a third-round pick. Um, I don't know what year it would be exactly. I believe it would be the corresponding year, so the upcoming year. I'm pretty but, sure it is the upcoming year. Yeah. Okay, so it, it is the upcoming year. So he, they would have to get they would have to give up a first and a third. So the big question right now, and they have until uh, Friday at 5 p.m. to decide if they will take that first round and third round pick, or they will match the offer sheet and sign Kenyemi to that 6.1 million dollar contract. Uh, if if you're Mark Bergevin, the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, Chris, uh, what do you do? It's hard to sign him for that much money, but I mean, a 21-year-old guy who shows that much potential, it's also very hard to let go. So I'm glad I'm not in that position pretty much is what I'm going to say. <laughs> I would let him go for that much. It's just too much money, but that's a bad position to be in. Yeah, Dad, what do you think? Yeah, young young guy, if he's really worth that much, I mean... I, they're they're willing to pay him. What's that's, their cap situation the look like, right? Yeah, the issue is right now he's not worth that much. Pretty pretty obviously he's not worth six point whatever right now. But he very well could be in in the near future because of how much better he was this year. And he's right. still only a twenty one year old guy. 
and he's he's built like somebody who could be really good too. He's he's six two and he's only two hundred pounds. He could bulk up a lot more, uh, and he he could he could. There's lots of places where he could get better in his game too. So how good a play is this? I mean, are they are they pushing Montreal past their cap and and stopping them from being able to sign somebody else or what are they are they playing that? I didn't look at game? the cap. Do you know Ryan? I, I I do. I I don't know their exact cap situation, but I do know that they did not. Uh, allocate this amount of money for Kotkaniemi. I think they might have allocated like three and a half million, about maybe four million at most, uh, to give to Kotkaniemi. So uh, I don't, I don't think that that was in their plans at all to, you know, give him six point one million dollars. What would they um, have but, to give up to do that, right? So that then becomes the real question for the GM is, what, uh, what's the cost of that? Who are you, who are you going to have to take it away from? Yeah, and, and Montreal has so many questions right now. Um, I mean, I know that they just came off of a uh, Stanley Cup final uh, appearance, but we know now that, uh, you know, Carey Price may or may not start the season. Uh, it, it Most likely he will, but may or may not. Shea Weber doesn't look like he's returning to hockey at all. That's what I've heard and seen from almost all the media personalities I've listened to. And he's a huge loss. I mean, you can't replace Shea Theodore uh, unless you go out and get, you know, some crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's it would really suck for him to go out, you know, at the top level and not get the Stanley Cup. But that uh, that may be it. I don't I don't think he's coming back. Um, but let me put a little bit more uh, drama into the situation here. So. What I've read and what I've heard on this Kotkaniemi situation is that he was really not happy with the fact that he was scratched uh, several times in the playoffs. And uh, Dominic Ducharme, you know, made that decision uh, thinking that, you know, to try and go with a more veteran lineup. And, uh, you know, you could argue either way that it could be wrong or right or whatever. But either way, Kotkaniemi did not like that. And the rumor behind it and the report behind it was that he thought that he had played his last game as a member of the Montreal Canadiens. So that's how this is a very different situation than the Sebastian Ajo situation. Sebastian Ajo, I, I think he just, he was tired of dealing with all the contracts and stuff like that. And he knew that he was so valuable that whatever contract or offer sheet he signed, that Carolina would match it immediately because he's, he's that good of a player. He's young. He's got a lot of potential, but and he, I don't think he wanted to leave Carolina either. He, he, he just used Montreal to get what he wanted. Uh, I don't think that's the case here. Uh, with Kotkaniemi, I think he really, really actually does want to go to Carolina and leave Montreal. So that, with a, that little bit of extra drama in there, uh, what, what's your thoughts on, on some of that stuff? Yeah, if that's, if that's true, then that pretty much solidifies it, in my opinion. Then there's no way they're signing that offer sheet. So the other thing about this offer sheet is if, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, um, you can accept the compensation, right? You can take that first round and that third round pick and then maybe flip it along with maybe a couple of other players or prospects for Jack Eichel. And that's been a huge, huge thing up in the air lately. Um, I don't think that happens, but mm-hmm. some other names have been thrown out there uh, along with Jack Eichel. There have been um, Christian Dvorak in Arizona because Arizona is basically tearing everything down. 
so they could probably get Dvorak. <laughs> um, I can't think of. There was another player that was mentioned, but the, those the the biggest name was uh, Christian Dvorak because most likely that's who they would probably go after, and then maybe Jack Eichel if they include you know some crazy amount of prospects or whatever. So, um, I, I mean. I honestly don't know what to do if you're Mark Bergerman. Because, uh, well, actually, no, I take Sounds that back. Like you I, let him walk. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, I was about to say, I take that back. You know what? I let him walk. I take the first and the third and, and figure out something to do with it because that, that's just too much money and puts your puts it you into a bind where you have to make decisions you don't want to. Yeah, and, and from the outside, and it doesn't seem like the Canadians are in a place to make another cup run again anyway with with Weber being out likely for ever like you said maybe for with, the rest of his career yeah and with Price being out for who knows how long not looking good yeah uh any other thoughts on that before we move on what a great situation that's it, that's it, exciting it's just a weird situation right that's and and great. again it it all ties back to Jack Heichel somehow every single time we talk about something it's jack eichel so this whole offseason comes down to and he's not even going to get traded till like the last day of the offseason or something like that right it it it, 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 some some team is going to give up something stupid for him and then that team's not even going to end up being good and it's not going to matter it's going to be so stupid well no i i disagree with you completely the only team that's going to get jack eichel is if they give up such an important piece because Buffalo doesn't want to get rid of Jack Eichel. The only person that wants Jack Eichel to move is Jack Eichel. So it's like, the team's going to have to give up so much for that. Like, the, the only trade that makes sense in my mind for us to get Jack Eichel is us giving up Rope Hints. And, and we're not about to do that. And we'd be crazy to do that. Yeah. But but another team is going to have to give up their Rope Hints. And that's going to cripple a team. <laughs> So we we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but what what would the, I mean, for like Montreal, they would have to give up Nick Suzuki, right? Yeah. The, the logically, Nick and, Suzuki and or Cole Caulfield, right? So one of those two players, <laughs> one of the I would think one of those two players, uh, the first round pick that they got from Carolina, assuming they let Kanyemi go, their own first round pick. And then maybe some some role player, you know, middle six, bottom six player. That that's what I would expect. Um, for for I mean, you know, maybe Paul Byron. I don't know. Um, but you know, for the stars, that's the equivalent of like, uh, you know, maybe Jason Robertson. Uh, add in Thomas Harley, a first round pick, and then I don't know, maybe someone like uh, Kiviranta or something like that. I mean. Th- that's a lot to give up for a player you don't even know is going to play for your team because, like, you know, the first day of the season because he's got so many medical issues and Buffalo won't let him take care of it. And while well, we've already just created the new segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, um, we just kind of went with it. I, I, I don't even – honestly, the way I see the whole Jack Eichel thing coming out is he, he's not going to be traded before the start of the season. I think he's going to literally just sit it out and refuse to play for the Sabres and it's going to be a a one man lockout situation like cuz buffalo does not want to get rid of him they no, have they, they have shown that and they're not going to accept anything less than a crazy deal if they try and trade him and no team wants to give him that because they don't have any leverage cuz they're not going to it's either they get whatever the teams are offering or they get nothing because jack Eichel's not going to play for them and i think they're just going to sit there 
and hope something happens and, until some kind of breaking point. I, I mean, I don't know what that would be, though. Well, I think this is going to be another Matt Duchesne situation, right? So, so Colorado was really bad. Matt Duchesne was not happy with the situation. And he started the season and he played for the team. He honored his contract, right? And I think he, I think that's what Jack Eichel is going to do. Um, and it was about a month or so into the season when Matt Duchesne got traded. And then now who, who's better off, Matt Duchesne or the Colorado Avalanche? The, the Avalanche? Yeah, most definitely, yes. And the, the stuff that they got from that trade, you know, really propelled them to be a cup contender team. And again, as the Stanley Cup favorite for this upcoming season, even though uh, Tampa Bay has won the last two years, uh, just because they're stacked. So, uh, you know, I, I, I maybe You're Buffalo is doing sad. the right thing. You just said Colorado's favored to win the cup. Yeah. That they, makes they me are, sad. They are. The, the, the betting odds are completely in their favor right now, unfortunately. So, yeah. But even Buffalo is so bad right now, even if they did get the crazy great deal that they're looking for, they would still suck. Yeah, they're going like, to suck now. <laughs> and, and it's, and the, you know, it really sucks to have to go through a rebuild when you had, didn't even finish the original rebuild. So, yeah, when you, when you, which is what the they're best doing, best players in the world and just squandered him. Yeah. I mean, Terrible. they got they got rid of Rista and they got rid of Reinhardt, and now they're getting rid of Jack Eichel. That will happen eventually, whether that be now, in a month, uh, you know, in two months when, when the season's in full swing. Uh, who knows? So anyways, uh going through uh that situation, we kind of went from Montreal to to uh Carolina to Buffalo in a way. But anyway, good did good discussion there. Um this next one Thanks. I kind of Minch, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, this was a interesting trade proposal that I saw uh, Josh put on uh, the Jason Robertson fan club and hockey talk group on Facebook. And I thought it was worth mentioning because it kind of mentions a little bit of some other news that has been going on. So uh, Evander Kane, unfortunately, he's a great player. He's a, a generational talent. I wouldn't say he's one of the best players in the league, but he's very good. He's definitely a top six forward. But because of the way that he acts and he misses practice and he doesn't come to video meetings or any of that sort of stuff, a lot of the players on the San Jose Sharks are sick of him. And uh, that scene, you could see that in the article that was written in The Athletic a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, there are so many things that have been going on the past couple of years with him. I mean, maybe not even the past couple of years, just the past year. He you one year. <laughs> yeah, he he filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> he uh, he was accused by his wife of you know tampering with games on purpose and you know betting on his own games and purposely losing them. Uh, he's c- crazy in debt. Uh, he he, it, he appears like maybe he's not taking care of his uh, husband duties. He's you know, off in Europe while his wife is, you know, busy packing up the house, apparently. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's according to her. So there's a lot of off-ice stuff, but also the on-ice stuff that, uh, you know, the, the players are just sick of him. And one of those players is Thomas Hurdle. And Thomas Hurdle is a top six forward for the San Jose Sharks, and he's reportedly sick of of, of an Indercane and he wants out. And I'm certain he's not the only one. But... Uh, Josh put up this trade proposal between the Stars and the and the Colorado Avalanche, the San Jose Sharks, and this is what the trade proposal looks like. All right, so going Dallas's way would be Thomas Hurdle, and that's it. 
All right. So in return, the San Jose Sharks would receive Yoel Kiviranta, Roddick Foxa, Riley Damiani, and Dawson Bartow. Is that a trade you would make or yes. run the other way? Make now. Yes, do it. Yeah. Why yes. so? Uh, because Thomas Hurdle had let's see how, how many forty three points in fifty games last season. That's, so basically, that's a more point... points than all four of them combined. Right. So and, yeah, we're and especially right, and especially right now in a win now situation, which we are. Uh, I mean, this is the this is it. So, this is so the year. Yes. So yes, uh, you, you sacrifice the future for. Yeah. And the I was about to tell you how much I I can't wait for Damiani to come in. I don't think this trade will happen, but it, if it was proposed, you would have to say yes. That's a crazy good trade. I don't think that would ever happen though. Agreed. I, I I don't think it would happen either. But I just thought it was interesting because you know, coming our way as a top six forward, you know, San Jose is not. Even though they keep saying they're they're a playoff team and they're going to make the playoffs, you know, no, nobody is nobody is projecting them to make the playoffs. They're bad. So the only thing that I would be hesitant to give up is uh, Riley Damiani because I mean he had a great year as a rookie in the AHL and stuff like that. But at the same time, he he kind of blossomed in that. That's the only good year he's had. So we don't really know his ceiling yet, if that makes any sense. I mean, he could go to San Jose and then be a 50-goal scorer, for all I know. And that would really suck. But uh, I would still do it if if uh, if I'm Jim Nell. I'd pull the trigger on that trade 100%. Yep. If you're saying you're trying to be a championship team, then that's the kind of trade you'll make. Not, not trading for a washed-up goalie. And then having four goalies on your roster, but you know that—that's just me. <laughs> little sarcasm. For thinking that though. Little sarcasm from Christian tonight. Very good. Um, okay, so th- this you. is kind of this is kind of a good segue talking about Riley Damiani. Okay, so uh, the the main part of our podcast tonight we wanted to talk about is young guys in the Dallas Stars organization. So right now there are three players that you know we could probably consider that could possibly make the opening night roster and be a regular in the lineup this upcoming season. Um, and those three players are uh, Ty DeLandria, Thomas Harley, and Riley Damiani, which we mentioned just a second ago. And the question is, is out of these three players, who has the most likely chance of making that opening night roster? Chris? Yeah, so... For that, for that question, the obvious answer is Delandria because he's already played in the NHL. He's shown that he's able to play, but he has the obvious thing to work on, which was puck battles. He's kind of just getting thrown around, but just bulking up could improve that. We haven't heard anything about his training during the offseason, but hopefully he's gotten bigger uh, and stronger. But either way, he has the best chance of getting on the team because he has a, there's a good spot that needs to be filled there by a faster guy in case... Uh, I don't even remember. What was that old guy who we signed as a depth guy, Ryan, who I said that I hated? Michael Raffle? Yeah. So if we need somebody who can actually score instead of Michael Raffle, you know, the goal of hockey, you'll play Delandria instead. So I think he's the most likely, but the one who I want to make the starting roster is Damiani. Because he has the most the most potential to be a top six forward. I don't think Delandria really has that much potential to be a top six guy he, he could but just the fact that it's taken that he's 
his progression is a lot slower and more extended. He didn't score that many points, and he had a decent amount of games with the Stars, actually. Let me... Yeah, he had he had 26 games last season uh, and only five points. Uh, and two of those are off of power play goals, which, like, that's it's good that he made the most of his power play time, but that's honestly not a lot of points for how for how he plays for how he plays he should have been he should be scoring more um but damiani really could be an offensive powerhouse and uh, what, what i would really like is if he could be the flank to uh robertson and hence after pavelski leaves if we could figure that out and he can fill that spot that could make that the best young line in the nhl after kind of coming out of our era with Ben Sagan Radulov, we're going to go directly into that line. That would be, that would be really awesome and easy transition. And there wouldn't be a rebuild. It would actually be a retool instead of a rebuild after Ben and Sagan leave, which would be way better than having to suck for a couple of years. <laughs> I can get behind all of that, that analysis, all of that's very good. But uh, the one player you didn't talk about was Thomas Harley, and I think I know why. But why? So, so why? So, what about Thomas Harley then? He just doesn't have a spot. I mean, if you're just looking at Fair, the roster that we exactly. have now, exactly, the the spot he has to take is filled by someone who's already a really solid defenseman. Who we don't have any shakiness there, so he'd have to be substantially better than 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 the bottom. Than, than the five and six guy, honestly, in my opinion, to to break into being a defenseman for us. But it, next year, he definitely could be. We still have guys signed on short contracts for defensemen. He's definitely a, a, a great defenseman. He's shown he's a good puck mover. He's, he scored a lot of points. What was his? I pulled his up, and I was actually shocked at how much he scored. He had 25 points in 38 games as a defenseman with Texas last year, which is honestly crazy good, but there's just nowhere for him to go on the lineup right now so i would love to see him too but he can't go anywhere right and, and I, I totally agree with that just because you know there is no spot for him on in the lineup um even if he's the number if he's the seventh best defenseman he's not playing in the nhl that right uh, it's that, not worth to leave him on seven right and, and i mean that i mean it, it, it's pretty much already stacked the the defense it's uh Miro, we are one of the best decors in the in the league, in my opinion. It's at least top ten. Right, agreed. Makes and, it hard uh, for the the young guys. Yeah, we can take that. But but like the retool that we were talking about, like as soon as Ben Sagan, Radulov, Pavelski, those guys are gone, Harley's going to be a a big guy in in the next team, which is it. Like it's not coming in five to eight years; it's coming three years is when this new team is going to be here. So it's really cool to to see that our team is great right now and has the prospects coming up at the same time. It's it's really really great to see that from Nil. Is he's done well to keep a championship contending team and keep his prospects as well. He's done really well. Right, and uh, we we gave him crap sometimes for. Uh... Well, he deserves crap for the goalies. He's an idiot. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's Chris's. That's Chris's uh, idea about the whole goalie situation. But it's stupid. But you know, he gets some crap for the uh, for the scouting that he does and the drafting that he does. Um, it's like a it's like a quantum idea, Chris. That you know, you can be uh, 
you can be great and stupid at the same time as a link. Oh, that that's exactly what it is. Yes. <laughs> he he is, he is both simultaneously. Yeah. I I feel like that all the time. Yeah, Anyways, it's like an so. unobserved electron. <laughs> so, uh okay, so Chris, your ultimate answer is Tidalandria. Short short answer, right? Yeah, for for the question of specifically who's most likely to be on the team is Tidalandria. Who I want is Damiani. Please. Um, okay, so let me ask, let me follow up with this question. Um, you were talking about Riley Damiani maybe filling in that role next to Rope Hintz and uh, Jason Robertson once Pavelski leaves. What about Delandria? Do you think he could fulfill that role maybe? Delandria could, it just, he, he's not showing as much potential as Damiani is. Even in the AHL, Delandria wasn't really. Because Damiani, wasn't he the top scorer in the AHL last season? I, I, if, I don't know if he was the top not, scorer, he but he was definitely them. high. He yeah, was definitely he up there. 36 points in 36 games. A lot of assists. He had 25 assists of those 36 points. And, like, th- that'd be a great fill-in for Ropa Hintz. We'll just have Ropa Hintz score all the goals. I mean, that's what that's all what he did last season. So How's his two-way game, though? Because that's part of the challenge of bringing a new guy up into, yeah, onto into the big the league, NHL, right? Uh, is, is you you got to be able to play mind. both ways. Don't you ask read me my mind question. completely. Well, we got a rope of hints. We he's already got our two way. <laughs> Robertson, he was a great two way player last year. There's that, that. That's true. That's very true. And he's and not can, super. He's not super sparkly with his play either. He yeah. he just he just does his job he's really a well. Solid guy who's in the right spots and makes the right passes. Right. And and you can learn defense. Like that. That's not a thing that you just have to be able to feel out and stuff. You just have to be somebody who who cares enough to try. And <laughs> of course that's up to him. I don't know that much about him, but hopefully well, he's a guy who cares enough to try. <laughs> here's, here's my thought though. Uh, you know, thinking about all of this is if, uh, if he really can dish the puck really well, if he's a really good passer, he's a really good playmaker. Why not put him with Gary Onoff? Maybe would that be good? Cause I mean, Gary Onoff needs to shoot the dang puck, please. Gary Onoff. Okay. I'm just, and, I'm just so shaky on Gary Onoff right now, just because of the season he had last year. It's just, it, and it, it, was it just wasn't, slump. It, it, it was, it, it wasn't even a technically a bad season. It was just not what we expected. Yeah, we expected yeah. him to take another step and he didn't, he didn't, I wouldn't say he took like a full step back, but maybe like a half a step yeah, back. If that a little shuffle maybe. Yeah. And, I mean, nothing, nothing huge, right? But um, I think if you give, maybe not this year, but if you give him next year and put uh, Damiani with uh, Garyanov, that that may be a great tandem. Who well, knows? And, and we're also comparing Garyanov to Rope Hints as well because they came up at the same time, and Rope Hints had one of the best breakout seasons in the NHL right. while he was injured. So right. that's also a hard comparison to make. So maybe. Maybe Garyanov was better. I, I don't think he was, but it, it thing to point out, <laughs> right? Uh, so ultimately, I think Ty DeLandria will make the team. I I, I think he will. Think he's actually. You think I, he's I, a scratch or no? I think he's a fourth liner. Uh, if if he doesn't play well and he and he doesn't fulfill his role on the fourth line, because I think Is the Rafa biggest thing about. Raffle Raffle will be scratched, in my opinion, if that's the case. Uh, So I I think he could be a good addition on that fourth line because not only could he, uh, you know, probably play on the defensive side and focus on the defensive side of the game a little bit more, but he could 
you know, fill in on the power play if we've got some injuries or something like that. Um, I mean, you said it yourself, he scored a couple power play goals and maybe he wasn't given a ton of opportunities, but you know, maybe just give him a shot, give the kid a shot. I mean, yeah, but he had a lot of games, you know, like he played 26 games. That's also year. true. That's it's also not true. like he didn't have a huge shot. So, and it, it just looked like a lot of the time last year, and we've said this numerous times that he was just getting pushed around physically. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was big enough to be in the NHL. Right. He's just not quite ready there yet. So um, to, to, so to answer the question, Ty DeLandria probably out of the three is most likely to make it. I'm with you, Chris. I hope Riley Damiani gets a shot, even if it's just for a couple games, just to see how he does. Maybe he does really well. Um, maybe throw him on the line with Ben. You know, throw some youth at uh, Ben, and maybe that'll get get Ben going a little bit more, even kind of like last year. So maybe kind of jumpstart him, you know, put him at center on the third line and then give him a young guy to kind of help him push him along a little bit. So uh, anyways, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, uh, hockey's getting closer and closer. So, all right. Um, so how good can Ropa Hintz be this year? How good can he be? Um I think that especially after last season, his his ex- expectation as as a player from the Stars media and the Stars community has just grown immensely. Considering the fact that everyone's like, "Oh, well, he was hurt the whole year, and you know had a nagging injury the whole time, and he still was a point per game player." It, just the fact that he was able to do that and it was insane, and everyone's He's consistent. Give Sagan, a run for his money. Sagan's going to get ticked off and score even more, and we're going to win the cup. There you go. That, that, you <laughs> basically just read Mike Hike's mind when you said that. That's exactly what Mike Hike is hoping for in a little bit nicer words. Right. So, yeah. And I, I'm hoping for the same thing, too, because if that happens, then, you know, only good things can come from that. More competition within within the, the Stars lineup maybe pushes Sagan a little bit because – you know, Sagan's going to look for revenge because he's probably ticked off that he was hurt the entire year, too. So uh, I fully expect him to come back, you know, fully ready to go in. You know, I think Rope's kind of taken that number one center spot away I from him right now. Night, like if opening night was to no- tomorrow, Rope Hintz is the number one center. Agreed. It's Rope Hintz, Pavelski, Robertson as your number one line, if, if you had to name one, you know. But just to remind you, he had 43 points in 41 games last season while he was injured and in and out of the lineup. That's stupid. Like if he plays next season, he plays the same. He plays the same. He gets 80 to 90 points. Not injured. He gets 80 to 90 points. Yeah. He's in contention for MVP trophies. Like we could literally have a superstar right here and we don't know it yet. Like he had, in my opinion, in the NHL, the, the player who has the most potential to break out as one of the big names in the whole NHL, not just in the stars, not in Southern hockey or whatever in the NHL is Rope Hintz. He, he has the highest potential to be one of the best players in the league right now. So if, if that could come to fruition, like instant cup contender is where we, is where we go. Rope is your dark horse. Rope is the dark horse. Yes. And one of the things that I want to mention real quick is the the Athletic did like a division, you know, reporting thing after the season. And every single one of the other teams in the Central Division, so like 
that each team has their own reporter for the athletic each reporter for each team that said that the most scary player was Rope Hintz by far, even though that, even though that Jason Robertson was having a fantastic season and he was up for the Calder trophy and everything, everybody was like, Nope, we're scared of Rope Hintz. He's the one that we should be afraid of. Robertson has the chance to be a great forward, a great top six guy. Rope Hintz has the chance to be a top 10 player in the league with the season he had last year. That's why he's so scary. Because his potential is literally, there's no ceiling on what he could do next season. He, he could literally do anything. He could beat McDavid. Who knows? Which Whoa, is, okay, uh... that's a little much. <laughs> 43 <laughs> points in 41 games. And if he was truly injured, like, I, I forget what his injury was. But, like, enough to, to bother him enough to where he's sitting out whenever his team is making a playoff push at the end. Like, that has to hurt. What's his, and, what's his situation from that injury? Is he, is he good? Yeah, fully, he'll, he'll fully be good to go. Camp. Yep, yeah. he'll be ready for training camp. And cool. I don't know if he'll be fully rehabbed, but uh, he will definitely be ready for training camp. Yeah. Uh, so. Now, I, I, I can get behind you and say that he will be a top 10 player and stuff like that. But, Chris, the whole Connor McDavid thing, there's no way. He could. Like, there's if you're no way. Let's at least put him over McKinnon. Games while right. injured. Let's at least uh, put okay, him he over can, McKinnon. He, can rival, he, can, he, he could rival McKinnon. How about that? Uh, I, I, I even feel sca- scared saying, to say that. We don't know how, how much his injury affected him. If it truly affected him that much and he was still able to score more points than there was games. Yeah, but it's the fact that Connor McDavid played, I can't remember if he played every single game, but he played in the span of 50 to 56 games. One of the things. The guy still, and I know it's 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 a it was considered a weaker, you know, Northern Canada division or whatever against considered. teams that you know are not strong he's uh, defensively. Still in the weaker division. He scored over a hundred points in fifty games, Chris. There is no chance. <laughs> there is no chance. Was I'm sorry. Injured? I love Robe Hens, but he, there's he's not Connor McDavid. I'm sorry. I don't know, dude. Well, I, I will say this is that, and, and us asked this question actually is, what is the expectation for Rope Hintz this season? Do we do we expect him to be that top ten player, or do we just expect him to lead the stars in in point getting this season? What what do y'all think? Uh, I don't expect him to be a top ten player. I mean, <laughs> it, it's a it's a dark horse, like Dad said. But I ex- I expect him to score fifty points this year, like I think that's a very fair expectation for him to have, and I, I expect him to be our top center by the time the season's over. I yeah. mean, challenge Sagan. Yeah, it definitely challenge Sagan. And what what uh what Heike was talking about in that article uh, uh that I recommend y'all read it, it was it came out like two days ago or something, but it's really short, really kind of cool. Um. He's talking about this could be the Joe Newendike and Mike Madonna one-two punch that we had in '99. Like, that's fully what you could get with this, and it would be, two, we could have the two best centers in the Central Division. Like, <laughs> you don't know. Well, uh, McKinnon, but whatever. Yeah, my, two and three. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> I, I do. I don't think it's too much of a of a stretch to say if he really does uh, become that superstar, that elite player that the stars have been missing. Uh, you know, maybe since uh, since ben Jamie Ben and Sagan <laughs> went on decline, yeah. yeah. Ever since they got on decline, then he could rival uh, Nathan McKinnon. I, I he absolutely could, in my opinion. 
Anything um, to knock Colorado out of a cup. That's Colorado's not winning the cup. Well, but okay. Side note. Uh, side note with Colorado though, the the fact that they went out and got Darcy Kemper, and I know Darcy Kemper. He's he's been playing for Arizona and stuff like that. But that guy had had the second best save percentage in the league last year, and he was behind a really really crappy Arizona defense. Weeks. Do it. Weak sauce. Weak sauce. I, I don't know. And the fact that he's going to go from, you know, one of the worst teams in the league to argue to the, arguably the cup contender, the cup favorite. Uh, I was, I was listening to again, NHL network radio, and they were just talking about his fantasy stats and the fact that he wasn't even in the top 200 fantasy wise, just because he wasn't going to get any wins being in Arizona. Now he's ranked 25th in, in fantasy drafts. Just because of the fact that he went to Colorado, so uh, that th- that that's an interesting side note. Sorry about that. They'll probably win the President's Trophy, but they're not going to win the cup. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> they do win the President's Trophy because normally, most of the time, when you win the President's Trophy, you don't win the cup. So if we'll they see. don't win the President's Trophy, that would be sad. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Okay, all right. Uh, so let's get to our "Who Cares" segment for the evening. Okay. Uh, for this, Dad, you're going to have to do this off the top of your head because we didn't warn you about this. But uh, we're doing the top three holidays. So they could be obscure holidays that absolutely no one cares about or knows. They can just be general holidays. Uh, but we're, we're going to talk about our top three and try to rationalize why other people are wrong. So uh, who would like to go first? Chris, you want to go first? Or you want I don't, me to go I don't first? have my number three. You can go first. You have my your number three? Okay. All right, my number three in the Who Cares segment for top three holidays, I'm going to put Christmas. And it's the only reason why, yes, and the only reason why Christmas is number three, I know, I know, I know. And I I love that time. Not a religious guy or what? (laughs) (laughs) The only reason why Christmas is number three is because the other two holidays I love so much more. And I'll explain it to when I get to it, but. I love Christmas time just with the fact, you know, especially being all the way out here in West Texas away from you guys. Uh, uh, that time of year, it, it's so nice to be able to to come home back to where, you know, where Amanda and I are from and say hi to, to all the family members and just spend time with each other. So I, I do love Christmas. And, you know, number three is it, it, it is low. I agree. It, it shouldn't be number three, but the other two holidays are just so I have so much more fun on those holidays. I, I feel bad about so. putting Thanksgiving number three myself. I mean, I'm thankful all the time. Thanksgiving but, number know. three. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'll put Thanksgiving as a start. I like the turkey and yeah, it's great. November. And we get yeah. to and we get to watch the Cowboys lose every Thanksgiving day. It seems like. Yeah, and the Aggies get to play and win. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. All right, all right. Chris. Number, number three. three is Texas Independence Day. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do something stupid like that. What, I knew what are you talking about? <laughs> Excuse me. What day is it? Right off the top of your head. Right. Don't look it up. Uh. You don't even know what day it is. Look at that. <laughs> You're gonna say Texas Independence Day. I forget what day it is. You tell me what day. It's March second. I knew that. <laughs> okay. So what happened March second? Huh? Anyway. Jacinto or whatever it's called. I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway 
Texas is amazing. It's better than all the other states. We have we have a whole year of our you, history curriculum dedicated to You put them as number three? Texas. That's awesome, right? That's pretty high. That's yeah. high. For a state holiday, yeah. For a state holiday, that's very yeah. high. My entire sixth grade, I only learned about Texas. That, yeah. That's, that's, that, I mean, I don't know who decided to do that. That's probably a waste of a year, but. You Good know, indoctrination. Cool. Exactly, you know? So if we ever secede, like, I'm joining. Uh <laughs> But yeah, that's great. I know all about San Jacinto and March second, and and Goliad, the Alamo, Goliad, and... Alamo, uh, Moses Austin, Stephen F. Austin, all them guys, all about them. Sam Houston, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess I'll go with my number two. So, uh, my number two is Halloween. Uh, I I enjoy Halloween so much. Uh, Mom just, would be just, proud. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's mom's favorite holiday too, and I, she she probably rubbed off on me a little bit for that. But I just have so much fun, uh, you know, just getting costumes ready, and all the kids are excited. And that's like one of the few holidays where you actually go to school that day, and so you get to talk. Like for me, I'm being a teacher and everything. I get to talk to all the kids and figure out what they're gonna figure out what they're doing that night and stuff like that. And it's it's just fun to you know because they get all excited. And probably for like one day out of the school year, they're actually paying attention in class, you know, because they're just ready to get out and uh, so go out and get kinda, candy or whatever. You are kind of religious on your holidays. You just like the evil one ahead of the the, the paganism, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And uh, it's a Christmas second, so you know, Christmas is second. Go for it. Yeah, a second. We've already talked about Thanksgiving, but oh my goodness. <laughs> I still have to talk about it. I'm sorry. Thanksgiving is amazing. So you get to eat food, and then you just get to watch football all day while you're happy. You're full of food, and then just like any time, like you you don't feel disgustingly full. You just go eat more pie. And it's you're amazing. making me want to change my vote, but I can't change my vote. I I right? gotta. It's I don't know yeah. why you wouldn't put it. Yeah. yeah it's too late. It's too late to change it now, man. It's too yeah. late. It's too football late. Football and food is amazing. It's so good. Now here, here's the question though: Do you like uh, whipped cream with your pie, or do you like pie with your whipped cream? Yeah, yeah, it's about half and half. Nah, it's not half and half. It's you just all... add another slice next to you, the slice that you got that is just whipped cream. Yeah, oh, I, I just put straight whipped cream. I'll, I'll eat like uh, half of a slice of pie and just like put whipped cream all over the top where you can't even see the piece of pie. So that's, I mean, that's what I do for Thanksgiving. So. Anyways, uh, do I got to do my number one? I guess it's my turn. Okay. Yes. Uh, number one, and uh, this will be of no surprise to anybody, but y'all probably know Fourth of July. Um, just just the cookouts and. See, mom's and, proud of you. Now I'm proud of you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, us pyros have to stick together, right? But um, yes. the all the blowing stuff up. I know it's such a kid thing, but it's so much. I, I love blowing stuff up. I've I've still got some fireworks in my garage that I didn't even get the chance to blow off this year because because uh, we were... don't like Fourth of July very much. Still got fireworks. I had to work and then it started raining on the night of Fourth of July, so I didn't even get to shoot off fireworks. It stunk. But um, an excuse to me. Yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> it, maybe it was an excuse. But anyways, Fourth uh, of July is my favorite, and also just all the food. You know, it's kind of like a Thanksgiving in that. 
hot dogs, hamburgers, brisket, uh, oh, yeah. T-bone steaks, any kind of steak you could think of. Uh, uh, hot dogs and mashed potatoes are pretty much equal. Yep. And then um, I'm, I'm ignoring him. I'm 100% ignoring him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I'm just completely ignoring him. And this is, I'm just like, hot dog and you mashed potatoes. You did mention steak I mean, and, and brisket. I mean, that's not hot dogs either. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. Chris, g- just give me your number one. And now, just I, I got to go next. No, I got to go next. Oh, okay. Dad's going to go next. Go. Yeah, because what this does, this, like, makes Chris wrong. Whatever Chris picks is wrong because I've got Fourth of July on top of my list too. So <laughs> there Chris, you go. You suck. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a people pleaser, so I unless you Christmas. put Fourth of July too. No. It, by Christmas, I mean the Fourth of July. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I pick Christmas because it's amazing because you you get thanksgiving which is great and and then and then you get presents which is good and you get candy which is good all all three blow something up i mean come on is there any laws that say you can't blow stuff up on christmas no and actually you're right because right after christmas comes new year's Year's. and then you do it that's right so and if you want to you could say the holiday season no. Oh, oh, that no, that's just a cop out. No, that doesn't count. You can't do that. Plus, I mean, fireworks is a present. Anything's a present if you wrap it. <laughs> I would be the happiest person ever if I got to think of fireworks for Christmas. <laughs> right. So, Christmas is objectively the only thing that would make Christmas better is if there was hockey games on Christmas. And I know the players don't want to do that. Agreed. But man, it would be fun. And I know that they have like, that. Like, let's just make let's just make like the Maple Leafs and Detroit play each other or something like that. You know, <laughs> like that way our players don't have to do it, but we still get to watch hockey. You know? No, I, I want to watch the or, Stars or, on Christmas. Or put, put the Heritage Classic on Christmas. Like Canadians don't need Christmas. They don't have. They don't celebrate Christmas, do they? They, they, they just the, celebrate Boxing Day. Boxing Day. <laughs> they don't. They don't need Christmas. Make all the Canadian teams play each other. Now, the the only problem with that though is that the that the NHL does their annual outdoor winter classic game on January first, and that's yeah. uh, that's way too close together. No. Yeah, good. it is. Yeah, it is. No, I I agree with you. I love that idea. You know, have hockey on Christmas. I mean, the NBA does it. They they have like three or four games all day, uh, just back to back to back to back on ESPN, and uh, it's it. I don't even watch basketball that much, but I'll sit down and watch basketball on Christmas. That's I've just because it's hockey. I still won't. Come on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I still that's, won't do it. Sorry. Yeah. And they, they still won't do it. Yeah. That, I, it's, that's very true. But uh, it, it would be cool. college basketball, but the NBA. Oh, my goodness. Dude. Yeah. Too, there's too much fouling in, in the NBA. And, and it's just not as exciting as college basketball, in my doesn't opinion, look, either. It doesn't really look like they're trying. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's true. Well, the last two minutes is so exciting, though. It's like hockey. Oh, yeah. You mean the last no. 45, right? <laughs> no. 45 minutes of the game is literally just two minutes of game time. <laughs> yep, no joke. It's That's 100% exactly it's what it is. on purpose? What a terrible concept. I'm going to break the rules on purpose to give myself a better chance of winning. Stupid. Hey, don't know what they do when they fight? No. Because nothing <laughs> happens when you fight in hockey. <laughs> Like, that's true beat the crap out of each other it's like hey y'all go think about it 
You break the rules on purpose okay. to try to get your team momentum to. Yeah, yeah but it's not really against one the rule. gets in a fight. I mean, how much are you really losing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, and I mean, it's not really breaking the rules per se. It, so why it's, is there it's a penalty the, for it? Against the rules. There's a there's a penalty for it because they they have to have something in place so that it doesn't go out of control too much. That, that is really what it is. Hot, fighting will always be a part of the game, and I'm right, sick of next people. Week, next week's segment is about <laughs> fighting. The whole the whole hour, thirty minutes or forty five minutes or whatever it is. They've yeah. all been an hour. Let's exactly. not lie to ourselves. I we love the unspoken rules around fighting. That's just to me, it's uh, it's chivalry that that. Uh, is uh, a built-in part of the game that you just don't see in many places. So I, right. I'm in favor also, even though, eh, I, I understand some of the arguments against, but I think it's, I think the way it's done when it's done right is spectacular. Come back next week, Father. That's right. Yeah, we'll talk about it then. All right. Well, I got to go hook up a washer and a dryer because our washer crapped out. So. Thank you guys for tuning in to Starcastic Remarks tonight, um, along with Christian and our father, the patriarch himself. Uh, I am Ryan Chambers, and we thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter at Starcastic R, also on Instagram at Starcastic Remarks Podcast, and also on Facebook. Make sure you like our page and uh, follow our Twitch, like us everywhere, you know, all that stuff. Leave us a review if you like this podcast. Hopefully you did. And once the season gets started, you'll be hearing more from us. Hopefully Go stars. Down so with the Avalanche. We're try and do the PGRs when the season starts. Agreed. That's that's the plan. And then also during the PGRs, we're going to start having um, Stars fans on, just one at a time, and uh, kind of get their reaction from the game as well. So uh, it, I'm, I'm, setting, I'm working on that, uh, trying to set them up and everything. So anyway, guys, uh, Once again, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we will see you guys on the flip side. Everyone else, have a good evening.